0: Welcome to Lori Jewett Unscripted, the show where we talk to really awesome people and dive deep
1: into their stories to share with you how they uncovered their hidden superpowers so you can learn how to identify and unleash yours. Here's your host, Lori Jewett.
0: All right, you guys, welcome back. I appreciate you tuning in again this week. And today I am with who I'm pretty sure might be my new best friend because we just like in in the five or 10 minutes. We've just been spitballing, and I think this is gonna be a really fun episode for you guys. I love it whenever I have people that I just get along with. I'm like, oh yay! Yeah. I don't know where you live, but you're my best friend. And I'm moving there. <laughs> <laughs> now let's see if I remain your best friend if I can pronounce your name right. So I am with Jennifer Maudy. Is that right?
1: You got it. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, I wanted to add an extra extra O in there. So Jennifer is a coach, speaker, and author, and I'm gonna let you talk about your message because. I can't determine my notes that I made like 30 seconds ago.
1: So let us know (laughs) a little bit about you, your business, and we'll take it from there. Sure. Thank you so much. So yeah, so I'm Jen and I help professional women uncage their courage and build their confidence so they can live their potential. And that is helping them face their fears and take more risks. That is helping them to stop doubting themselves and their capabilities to trust their decisions is uh, having them speak up and set their boundaries. And that will then help them live that life that they've imagined for themselves.
0: I love that. And I'm going to pause for a second because those of you that are in business or even not in business, that tagline that Jen just used is absolutely perfect. You can use that as your 30-second, you know, your elevator pitch. I love that because most people, no matter how long they've been in business, don't have one that concise and, and just descriptive. So I, I have to give you kudos for that and use it as a learning experience, because I don't even have mine dialed into that point yet. So, thank you. Now, in the insurance business, I dig. It's like my name's is Lori. I work with businesses and helping them provide valuable benefits. Blah, blah blah blah. But as far as my like Lori Jewett one, I'm like, oh, I write books about ADHD. I don't know, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. So what what prompted you to get into you know coaching, speaking, writing? What was the the catalyst or was there a catalyst?
1: There definitely was. So over a decade ago, I found myself single for the first time in a long time. I had been in a nearly 11-year relationship. Prior to that, I was in another one for four years. And it was kind of like, okay, here I am without someone else to go to, another relationship to enter into. Both of the relationships, I knew they were over before they were. Why did I stay in them when I knew they weren't a good match? So that launched me into the whole, why did I do this? And identifying that it was seeking external validation, external acceptance, external love. And that's how I knew that I was enough of a person. And having that time to be single allowed me to reflect on that. Hence, how I came to write my first book was to help guide women to ask themselves those difficult questions. And, you know, what are your fears around leaving the relationship? Why are you staying? What do you feel you're not enough of and work through that. And over the years, that's evolved into all the things that are associated with that, right? So if you're working on strengthening your relationship with yourself, everything else comes with that. It's stepping into your confidence. It's embracing the discomfort. It's improving your mindset. It's the personal development and growth. It is all of that. And so everything has just been a stepping stone to where I am today. And as a result of that, I then the next step from doing my first book was to step into speaking to help share that message and reach even more people.
0: I love that. That was very similar. I wrote the book and then all of a sudden it started speaking engagements. And then it's like, Okay, maybe I need to do this course thing. And it just kind of I feel like there comes a time when we have to trust what naturally is coming along. And yes, I I love it. so I need to connect you with my last podcast guest, the one that's gonna air the week before yours does. Is she what she does is in some her ideal client is or are women that travel alone, and she's not so much a travel agent she's a travel Mm -hmm. coach and she literally puts together groups of women and they travel she travels with them and takes them on these tours and they support women-owned businesses and no matter what community they're in i think she said 95 percent of the businesses that she's able to support are women owned which is really cool but y'all's ideal client might mesh because a lot of times someone that's learning how to do that is learning how to i mean part of that is learning how to travel alone right
1: A hundred percent, because that is something that I learned to do and absolutely love it. I talk to a lot of people who are afraid to do that. They're like, Oh my gosh, how do you do that by yourself? And so that is also on my radar is to actually host retreats for women to get them out of their comfort zone, to get them out of what they're used to and try something new but it be in a safe space where it's a small group of women have come together to do all the connect and to have these new experiences and to tap into that. So yes, I would definitely love that connection.
0: Yeah. And it, the funny thing is, is I had somebody else for her, whenever I was talking to her, I'm like, Oh, I have to connect you. So I'm making notes of all the connections. I mean, <laughs> I love doing that. I love connecting people that would not necessarily ever, ever be connected. Um, yes. So I, and I think that it's so important. And the, gentleman that actually i had three podcast interviews today i normally don't do that because my brain gets frazzled but sometimes that's way more fun by the end yes oh he's loopy dude this will be fun (laughs) (laughs) people have to look forward to the next week but um his whole his story is he lost his wife four months ago and they had booked this two-week cruise before she passed away and it was sudden she was i think 29 years old so very sudden Uh unexpected and he went on that cruise even within, I mean, four months within her, within four months of her passing. And he said it was the best thing he ever could have done for his grieving and healing and, you know, took her ashes with him and all that. So sometimes it's not even necessarily that people are on their own because of divorce or separation or whatever. And I, I think it's so important. I, and I know you, you and Jasmine, the lady I spoke with earlier, both of you the ideal client is women, but it's just cool the way the progression of these these interviews have happened cuz I'm like, "Oh, yeah, these people are all meant to connect." And I get it's kind of cool I get to be that connector, but it's it's something that I never really thought of to be completely honest with you. I I can my mom my my mom is married, but my stepdad is a military contractor. So he doesn't live at home through the week, and they have a house in Costa Rica and a house in Mexico. So I'm you know, I see my mom travel by herself constantly. She's, you know, actually flying back from Costa Rica today. She's been there by herself for 3 weeks. So I see that example and it's like, okay, if I had to do that, I totally could. I might make my mom tag along with me, but I mean, I, I could do it if I needed to. But so it's it's exposing something, not only for me, but also for my listeners that is so necessary. Um, and unless you have something to say on the travel topic, I had some another question I was gonna ask you, but I'll let you go ahead.
1: Well, no, I was just going to say, I think people sometimes underestimate how powerful it is to learn to travel on your own. And it doesn't have to be some big experience of international and all these things, right? Like, just how about a road trip to a different state or a city in the same state that you've never been to? And then, I mean, for me, uh, once I became single again, I was like, I knew I want to step back into traveling more. And so I picked Canada. I was like that doesn't seem so scary. They speak the same language. It's not as far to travel to. And so I did that. And then a few years later, it was a trip of London and Croatia. And I had some of the best experiences doing that. And it's just continuing to embrace that discomfort and just really stepping into new experiences for yourself because that's how you learn and grow.
0: I mean, and even sometimes, couldn't it be as simple as getting used to going to dinner or movies or something by yourself?
1: A hundred percent. It definitely starts with that because I know a lot of women are afraid just to do things like that. And it's like, hey, if you're afraid to go to dinner alone, sit at the, go to a restaurant that has a really nice bar. Have your dinner at the bar because you'll have a conversation with a bartender. That's what I will do. And that's what I've done in traveling too because then you're talking to someone and you don't feel so alone because you're creating a connection.
0: And you meet really cool people like that.
1: Like that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I've done a lot of solo travel. I've been married for going on 18 years. But for work and things like that, I've done some solo travel. And in the beginning, I would not go out to eat by myself. Oh, my gosh, I hated it. And then I realized I have the kind of personality I attract fun people. Yeah. And once I started and I knew that like with my husband, we we like to sit at the bar, not even like to drink or anything, but to meet people. And I think bartenders are some of the most interesting people. Like all oh, right up there with Uber drivers. They have the yes. Most- <laughs> uh, yes. You find me a bartender that's also an Uber driver. They're gonna be my best friend because we're gonna have so much to talk about. <laughs> yes. But uh, you know that was something that was even like not being single, but the solo travel part. But once I did, I realized, and it goes back into you know my message of being you know authentically yourself when. When I tried to be somebody else and I used to, I mean, when I would go to dinner by myself or something, I would either get takeout and go back to the hotel or like just stare at my phone the whole time. You miss so much that's going on around you.
1: Yes. A hundred percent agree. Yes.
0: So, you know, one thing, and I think this is a good natural segue into this, you know, something that I've noticed recently. And if any of the people that I'm referring to are on here, then you know who you are and I apologize, but it's true. So many people in, you know, in my life lately have gotten out of a relationship and before their divorce is even final, they're already with somebody that's a serious relationship. They're moving in together, they're whatever. And I look and I don't mean this is any insult to any of you because I actually in here, let me go ahead and put this out to the world because I don't think I've ever talked about this on here before. Maybe I have, but my husband was still legally married when we met in South Carolina, you had to be legally separated for for a year before you could file for a divorce. So I'm not saying that you can't find your soulmate in that time frame. But and honestly I probably to the outside world did not look like I was a party girl I'm 8 years younger than him, you know, wild child made him shave his mustache before I go on a date with him. <laughs> but I mean come on. It like I still stand by that decision. But depends um, on type I did the mustache.
1: <laughs> I did. Oh, it was an old school
0: porn stash. Yeah. I said Oh
1: no, yeah. That was a good choice. Good choice.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, he's 8 years older than me so I'm like, mm, I was in my early 20s but Anyway, so I want to preface that with saying you absolutely can, but I'm seeing a lot of people dive into a relationship with someone who has their own stuff going on in their life. And eventually, like maybe it'll be great, but it's like I think they're just doing it because they don't want to be alone. So what you're doing and teaching is so important.
1: And I, I did that. I had the four-year relationship. I dated a co-worker for six months. I called him the buffer before I went into the nearly 11-year relationship. And so that was 15 years of my young adult life from my early 20s on that I was just constantly attached to someone. And... You need to... You don't really know who you are when you're that young yet. You're still developing all of that. And I had dated older and and one wanted to try to mold me. And it's like, you need that time to really figure out who you are. But you also need to understand what you truly want and need from a relationship. But also some of those things that you may become attached to in jumping from relationship to relationship are actually within yourself.
0: Ooh, okay. Say that again for the people in the back. because That was like massive mic drop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I remember how what I said. So it's just, you got to realize that if you are constantly attaching yourself to a relationship, you've got to be able to reflect on why are you doing that and realize that so many of those things that you're attaching to and having those relationships, like what I had realized, that validation, that acceptance, that approval, they are already within you and once you get that you start realizing how powerful of a person you truly are that is
0: so i mean that i'm, I'm going to like write the time down because i'm turning that into a reel because that is so <laughs> true honestly because we do right we seek in other people i don't care if it's with you know in business relationships romantic relationships any of those things whatever we're trying to seek out we we have And, you know, a lot of times you'll hear, well, I hear, you know, coaches and gurus and whatever say, you know, whatever you see in others, you have in yourself. Well, that doesn't just go for the negative. That goes for the positive,
1: too. 100%.
0: And that's something that was hard for me to learn because I always found myself drawn to high-energy, crazy people that just kind of speak their mind and love hot pink and Dalmatian (laughs) and whatever. (laughs) But I didn't embrace that in myself. I tried to bury that in myself because I thought that it was you know, negative and it was going to get me judged. Well, you know what got me judged? Being inauthentic for most of my life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. so
0: what you said is so important because not only that, what you said, but also we hear, you know, oh, if, if you see somebody as a gossiper, then you're probably a gossiper or whatever the negative thing is. But it's also the positive too. If you see somebody that, you know, that you notice in that person that they uplift people and make it a point to leave every person they interact with better off than they found them, then you have that within you somewhere too. Yes, I th- I think I think I might have gotten this a little off track, but no you know, what, I think what you said is so true, and we need to focus on that more like as a as a society, as women, you know, help each other realize that that you don't need to and I've done it too. I my husband is the man that I found when I decided I wasn't dating anymore. I'm like, I'm done and then like, here's this nearly thirty year old dude like with a porn stash, and I love him more <laughs> than anything in the world. Well he and, he and our daughter. Um, but so at the time I was like, oh, I'm done. And our daughter came along when I decided I was sick of trying to get pregnant. I'm like, you know what? It'll happen when it happens. And then like two days later,
1: yay. Um, it, so it, it, I was going to say it, it's, it was when you decided to release control of things that you cannot control. Yes and i ugh, that's coming up for me so much now as i'm working to up level my business it's like you cannot control everything focus on the things that you can control and those are the things that you work on and focus on because that's how you step more fully into your power
0: yeah well that that is the same thing as my favorite prayer the serenity prayer god grant me the serenity
1: to um what is it accept the things you cannot change, the courage to change the things you can and the wisdom to know the difference.
0: Love it, yes. I was starting with <laughs> wisdom in my head. I'm like, that's not right, no. Um, but I'm also the person I can never get a, like a, a statement right. Like, you know, they old wives tales and stuff, I always get them wrong.
1: Um, <laughs> I understand. I usually do, but for some reason that one sticks in my head.
0: Really impressive, yeah. <laughs> my, but you know what? Now looking back from my high school graduation, my aunt gave me a coin with the serenity prayer on it. And it's probably Um, one of the only things in my life that I haven't lost because I think I might know exactly where it is. (laughs) (laughs) But that is, you know, you just shed so much light on things. And I want you guys that are listening to reflect on that and think about it. What are you trying to maintain control of that you can't control? Because everybody has stuff. I promise you we all do.
1: And especially as women, I think sometimes we try to control even more like and take on responsibility for things that we are not responsible for, like how other people respond, how other people react, or, oh, I'm so sorry for what they just... And it's like, no, we are all responsible for our own choices, our own actions, our own decisions, period. Mm
0: -hmm. It's funny you say that because I email my father-in-law earlier and I was just picking on him we joke back and forth and I said something about that when he tells me we need to talk I'm like it it puts me in a panic because I'm like oh my (laughs) gosh I remember everything I've ever possibly done wrong in my entire life like in that split second it's like oh my gosh what I do and normally it's like he just needs to vent or something or whatever we're we're friends which is weird because he's my father-in-law but yeah um but anyway I and I wrote back and told him something about like how I'm whatever, just stop telling me that. And he's like, it's not my fault that you take it that way and how you react. And I was like, dang, I mean, you're right.
1: Oh,
0: mic right. drop. Yeah. I mean, he was absolutely- I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But it, I mean, it really is true because I tend to be, and I've gotten a lot better out about it over the last year, but I tend to be super oversensitive. And I think that in my younger years, that is one of the reasons that I one didn't have very many success, well, any until I met Dean, successful long-term relationships, but also why I would dive back into them because it was like, I didn't want to be alone with my feet. I needed, I felt like I needed somebody to be, you know, dependent on, which is like such crap. Cause I'm like, now that I, I know it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, those people really, they had nothing. (laughs) Oh, Now I'm like, I've got this. Have you ever done that? You have like the reel of bad decisions running through your head. It's like, Oh yeah. (laughs) They had nothing to offer me.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You got you gotta kick out all the stuff that's not serving and supporting you, people included.
0: Right. And so I actually had that conversation with a friend yesterday and he's like, Well, how do you do that? And I'm like, for me, it's always just come naturally. They're not mm-hmm. always, but most of the time it comes naturally that it's like, oh, that relationship is no longer serving me. And I don't like confrontation. So I normally just let it kind of like dwindle.
1: <laughs> there there you go.
0: <laughs> I mean, we all have those relationships that aren't serving us that we we hold on to for whatever reason. Um So what is the, trying to figure out how to word this, what is the number one thing that you uncover when you're, when you're working with clients that is, you know, holding them back or causing them to maybe not make the best decisions for themselves? I don't know, really know how to word that, but hopefully you know what I'm asking.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think so. I would say a lot of it, I think it ultimately comes down to self-trust and behind that self-trust is typically fear. And it's typically fear of rejection fear of judgment and also fear of not living potential. Like those are some of the big key things that come up because it's like they know they want to do something, but then there's fears are holding themselves back. But then it feeds that fear of like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to live my potential. And I mean a lot of it comes back to just, I love this quote. It's like, I don't know if you've ever heard this one. And it's um I am not what I think I am. I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. So we're sitting there having these dialogues because of the perception we think someone else has of us, which is not reality because that person's never said that, but we think that's what they think of us. And we allow that to hold us back.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. i have to go back and listen to this and write that down because, oh my gosh,
1: absolutely. And it, and it comes up a lot with setting boundaries, with giving permission to themselves, ourselves. Um, it comes back to people saying no. Mm-hmm. it's a lot of that. And it's a lot of the guilt, a lot of the fear of perception, a lot of the fear of failure, a lot of the fear of how are people going to see me? And then just all the things that go with that. I think I answered your question. (laughs)
0: You absolutely did very well. In fact, yeah, that's and you know, I did a, an exercise. If you've listened anybody that's listened to my show more than like two episodes, you've heard me talk about NLP or neuro-linguistic programming. And one of the things that I did most recently was an exercise where I had to just shut up, trust my, you know, trust my subconscious and let it come out. And the 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 emotions, and we were doing like an emotion thing. I don't really know what it's called, but the emotions that kept coming up were fear, guilt. I mean they, they were the same ones over and over and over. And I mean we were on this call mm-hmm. for like an hour. I did a negative emotion clear and it did not take even half as long as this did. So totally different things, believe it or not, even though it sounds similar. Um but we, so then we started being able to dive in like, Mm -hmm. and behind the fear was guilt behind the guilt was this. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I get it now that all those little things. And we do, we make, we make decisions and we perceive things based on our life experiences. And my, you know, it's not your fault that I spent 20 years blaming myself for my grandfather's death. Like that's not your burden to bear, to, to bury, to bear. I know that was a weird, that, that was a yeah. weird slip, But um, <laughs> Anyways, but at the same time, I think people need to be mindful that we don't know where people are coming from. And I'm not going to say that I'm going to put up with somebody's crap because they have you know dealt with a whole bunch of loss or whatever, but I will be a little bit more sensitive to that. But we all right. have things that we're basing our actions and decisions and reactions, and most importantly, I think, around. Um, and the more people that hear the message you just gave, the better the world's going to be because we do have to dig into ourselves and find the good, the bad, the ugly, and kind of uncover that. I feel yeah. like I got us but that's nothing new.
1: So, no, that's okay. But embrace all of it too the good, the bad, the ugly like yes. that makes us who we are, right? We all are a, a unique compilation of abilities and skills and emotions and feelings and experiences. And that's what makes us unique. And that means accepting all of that because. That's who we are and where we are today, good or bad. So accept it all. And and, and I say, become a lesson miner, mine the lessons from all of it and use that to move you forward to where you want to go, right? You have the power and the ability to pivot, turn and redirect at any time. And, and I love that. And as far as the you know embracing it,
0: I recently had someone and I'd say a year ago, it probably would have been totally different, my reaction to it. And I'm not going to say it didn't hurt my feelings at first, but they told me that I was the most exhausting person that they've ever, and they went into a lot of detail um, (laughs) about why I was exhausting and how I was exhausting. And at first, like, I thought about, oh, I need to fix that. And I have adjusted a little bit because I do tend to be oversensitive, like stupid oversensitive, like the thumbs up. I don't know. I think we're Facebook friends. I reposted the thumbs up thing. That's like, you may as well give me the middle finger, like with a thumbs up. That's oversensitive. That's nobody else's problem that I have that issue. But if that gives you an idea of how oversensitive I can be, but I took that and I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to change that because that's what people love about me is that I do, we all there's pros and net, pros and cons to everything, right? Like I do, I feel yeah. things super deep. So I am very emotional, but when you need me, I'm there, mm-hmm. day and night. which is like, I don't recommend that because, then you can't <laughs> but um, I mean, it, those negative things that that one person finds is negative brings a lot of, and that's what my husband tells me. He's like, no, like that absolutely not. Don't ever change that because that is what makes you, you. And right. if I was super sensitive, I wouldn't be, and I'm a, I'm an empath. I identify as an empath. Some people think that's crazy, but well, that's a, I, spend a day in my heart and head and you will understand.
1: <laughs> it is a thing.
0: Um But because of that, I, I am there for other people and I can kind of be in tune. I mean, I'm a youth group leader. Like I, mm-hmm. that one negative, the one person that thinks that's negative, that helps me help kids. Our our community is going through a devastating loss right now. We've had two juniors in high school commit suicide at our high school in three months. Like those kids are hurting. The fact that multiple kids from the school are reaching out to me, if I wasn't an overfeeling sensitive person, I don't think that I would be approachable to them. If that makes any sense. Yes. But yeah, embrace it. And, but at the same time, like with something I used to do, that would hold it against other people. I'm like, oh, they're a crappy person because they sent me a thumbs up. And no, like that's, there's no exaggeration. I've literally cut people out of my life for too many thumbs ups. So,
1: um, just okay. a thing. I mean, it's a, good, a thumbs up is a good thing. It wasn't a thumbs down. I
0: right? know oh, somebody commented on my Facebook, on my Facebook post today with a thumbs down. And so I hearted it. Um, it's just, and that's something yeah. that like, I can't impose on other people. I make a joke out of it now, but there really was yeah. a time that like, when I was writing my book, I'm like, oh, I hit bestseller, and people thumbs up it. I'm like, are you a bestseller? No, so hard it, like that deserves a heart, dude. <laughs> oh my god, <gosh. laughs> that's what it's like to be in my head. In case anybody's wondering,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. Jen, Jen's One
0: Jen's probably thinking, yeah, I'm going to hire you as a client and fix you because that's messed up.
1: <laughs> no, well, first of all, I'm not going to say fix you because we don't need to be fixed. That's one of the worst things that has been around in the whole self-help community is like fix people or we need to fix ourselves. Yeah. No, (laughs) no, there's no fixing.
0: (laughs) I love that you feel that way, even though I just told you about a weird quirk I have. So thank you. Oh, I just thumbs up. (laughs) I'm going to say that wasn't
1: a heart. (laughs) I'm unfriending you now. (laughs) But yeah, and just we can we can definitely be sensitive to allowing one person to cause us to doubt ourselves because of something they said. And I'm like, but the one person that matters the most is us. It's you. Mm-hmm. Those other people they don't matter. They're not the ones making your life decisions and paying your bills. And they they don't matter. They don't matter. And the ones who do matter are the ones that will be attracted to you and who you are and will accept you completely. That's it. That's just how it works. We'll never be accepted by everyone. It's not possible. If mother Teresa could have enemies, I don't care who the heck you are. Everyone is not going to love you. It is just not possible.
0: (laughs) And and that, that realization kind of crushed my soul at a couple of points in my life because I was, I was a people pleaser. I was down a little to it to a certain extent, Yeah, but I gave the power to other people when, like you said earlier, we have the power we've got it all inside. But when, When we're letting other people get in our head and take up space in our head, we're giving them the power that is rightfully ours.
1: A hundred percent. And it is, it can be tricky to shift that. I'm continuously working on it and improving all the time. But the more that you realize like that person just doesn't have any validity in your life, you know, they're not the ones that are helping to improve your life in a big way. It's like, go away. And maybe there is something you can take from that criticism or critique in there. Like, okay, maybe I do have that. Maybe I, maybe I might want to work on that. But you make that decision and then you throw the rest away in the garbage where it belongs. But it's just learning like what serves and supports you and what doesn't and getting rid of what doesn't.
0: Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I think that's something, you know, you said something and I don't remember exactly how you worded it, but it prompted a thought. So do you run into people, Are are some of your clients like brand new to the self,
1: you know, personal development world? Mm, I don't... I wouldn't say so. I would think for the most part, the people that I interact with, because they tend to be more in the professional realm, whether it's they work for another company, or they are an entrepreneur running their own business, or if they're in like, let's say, real estate or whatnot, they have more of that professional mindset already. So I think that already puts them a little bit above someone who may be brand new to it. I want to work with someone who at least has that ability to identify like the importance of working on your mindset, the importance of personal growth, and they already know that they want to improve their life and they want to move forward. So I would say I don't really come across that because it's just not, I choose not to surround myself with that because it doesn't serve me. And I don't feel I can serve that person person in the best capacity based on where I'm at in my life, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the reason I asked that is because I know there's a lot of people and I was one of them, honestly. In the beginning, <laughs> whenever I first started, I'm like, it's supposed to be overnight. Like why is everything not beautiful no. and perfect? <laughs> yeah. And like why is my mindset not awesome and everything else? And I, so I know there are people out there that have a hard time with that. And I don't blame you because I wouldn't have wanted to be the person who had to coach me whenever I was going through that. Because I'm like, wait, uh, I let you mind ninja and mind woo-woo me. Why is my life not perfect? Why don't I have $2 million in the bank, right? Like <laughs> or, like I wanted like overnight results. And I know there's a lot of people that do. So I think it's kind of cool that you know your ideal client. Yeah. And that's, that's who you surround yourself with because... Granted, that part of me didn't last for very long at all. Once I realized, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that's not how it works. Um, I was also relatively young when I got into starting personal development and learning about all those things. But I think that your answer to that was really important. You're choosing who you're surrounding yourself with and you whether that's a business or what you have to.
1: Well, you do, and I've I've been doing that consistently for quite some time now, just even in my personal life. It's like I don't, I don't, I'm more quality over quantity. So I don't have a big circle. I don't want a big circle. I don't have time for a big circle. And so the people that are in my life are people that matter. And I'm continuing to cultivate new relationships with people that are on like the same road that I'm on for up-leveling their business or wanting to do really cool things in their business or helping people in ways that I do that are relatable because then it helps lift us all up at the same time and as we do that and i up level and uplift myself then i'm able to do the same then for the people that i work with i'm able to help do that for them as well because you're always helping people who may be a couple steps behind you or where they want to go because you've gone through that growth process so that you can help them move
0: up yeah it's like what amy porterfield teaches that you have to have that 10% edge just 10% yeah. and you yes. and people can learn from you and um i don't remember the Oh, I so I finally, after a year and a half, finally interviewed my husband yesterday. We've been talking, like we've been talking <laughs> about doing it since the first episode, and we just never did it. And we finally did it, and that's one of the things he was saying is because we waited to do it until everything was perfect. Because like it was going to be in person, it was gonna be my first in person mm. interview, and everything was still not perfect because I didn't get the equipment set up right. And, <laughs> it was a hot and he brought that up that you know I'm ten percent better than I was even a couple weeks ago with podcasting. I've learned a lot. I've learned, I still haven't learned how to use that stupid equipment. And I wish I wasn't like a year and a half past the return date, but, um, I I need like a live in tech person because I'm like, I don't know how to do all that. But anyway, (laughs) it is, you know, be 10% better and then you can lead other people. And that is, I think we all, not we all, but a lot of us have it in our heads that we have to be absolutely perfect. I
1: I will definitely say I'm one of those people that continuously works on that part of my mindset for sure.
0: (laughs) Me too. It's like, how am I qualified to help, you know, this, that, and the other? Well, I've been through it. That's how I'm qualified.
1: Right. Yep. And and that's why it's important what we do. If we're helping other people, that means we have to continuously be working on ourselves so that we keep showing up as the best version of ourselves for the people that are assisting, not only for ourselves, right? Because then we show up as an even better person to help those people even more.
0: Yeah. And I think that's huge it, in in the you know self-development or personal development world and why I think that I've hired the right coaches and I've hired the wrong coaches. And I think yeah. it's incredibly important to make sure that you're following the right people that admit that, that admit they're not perfect. All of the right coaches have straight up been completely upfront with me. And I I guess I'm easy to talk to. So a lot of them <laughs> tell me things they wouldn't tell other people, but... I mean, most of my mindset coaches were not in a great place financially at the point when I met them They're mm-hmm. now because they were working through those things. And so Correct. it drives me crazy when I hear people say, oh, well, you can't, you know, a, you can't hire a a person in this and whatever kind of coach if they haven't built a seven figure business. Well, I'm not asking them to help me with business. I'm asking them to help me with my mindset. So who cares
1: about the seven big, what? But you start somewhere. No one just all of a sudden launches a business and Oop, I got 7 figures overnight. That doesn't happen. Even your most successful people like your Dean Graziosi's and Tony Robbins and Brendan Bouchard's, they didn't just magically have a 7-figure business the next day. They worked up to it and people hired them when they were only making 4-figure months, 5-figure months, 6-figure months, right? So yeah. we all start somewhere. It's the same when people go in for a job interview. You must have previous experience. Well, I need someone to give me the opportunity to get the experience. So I have the previous experience to apply for this. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, for me, totally just crazy. yeah, I just know we it's, we're just continuously gaining experience along the way. And that's just how we keep improving. And someone doesn't have that at the get go.
0: Yeah. And I, I love that we kind of agree on that because <laughs> it is something and it's all over right now. You know, I saw um a, a lady that I just interviewed, I think yesterday um, when I was talking to her that that topic, actually, I don't even think it came up because it was on her Facebook, but basically she is a plus size woman. And there's a lot of these gurus, I use that very big air quotes, these gurus saying that you can't be, you know, a life coach if you're plus size or you don't have, you know, seven figures or whatever. Well, she's not coaching people on their fitness. Now, would I hire a fitness coach that's, you know, 200 pounds overweight? Probably not. Actually, I probably would because I love people and they they might be a nice person. (laughs) I'm telling you, my heart makes me make a lot of mistakes.
1: So, Yeah. Well, you hire the example of the person for where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if that person exemplifies the values, exemplifies that they've had the experiences of what you want to have, what you want to create in your life, you're probably moving in the right direction. Yeah. Well, like
0: I couldn't coach people on what you coach people on because I haven't lived through that. Mm-hmm. I I mean, at least not as a mature adult. I. <laughs> I lived through the, I lived through the, the relationship bouncing, but that's when it's like I was young and it was the cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, you know, it probably caused a lot of problems in my mindset over the years, but either way you, I mean, you may, but you may, you probably don't have severe ADHD. So you can't necessarily teach on the things. So I, that blows Correct. my mind. Is it like, I'm not going to hire you is my whatever, because you don't have this skill, but it has nothing to do with it. So Anyway, I got it on a rant, but that's been a very common theme. What's been a common theme that I've seen lately is people berating coaches for whatever reason.
1: Well, and it makes you wonder like what's their mindset if they feel they need to do that in order to prove their value to gather more clients. It's like, "Mm, is that the best way to attract clients? Probably not. And ask yourself as a potential client, is that really someone you want to work with who has that mindset? Probably not. Well, there, there's two in, in my circle
0: or one of my circles. There's two speaking coaches, one of them who has never been paid to speak on stage, which I don't really disagree on kind of that because I did make make the uh, I, I hired this person for a certain for a little time frame and realize, oh, yeah, OK, if a coach tells you not to be yourself, like literally you're not going to be successful on stage if you play with Silly Putty. And for those of you that know, I totally play with Silly Putty whenever I even like when I am speaking on stage. <laughs> I have like a swatch of this fabric that I carry on stage with me. Cause it calms me and gives okay. me so like, whatever. Like, but that particular person got into like a Facebook war with another person. And the other speaking coach had like been to prison or something. And has like, I don't know, whatever. And they were braiding people, each other on their Facebook posts. And I'm pretty sure like anyone in our, in, in like that particular circle, I, if anyone was paying one of them, cause that's about the time that I stopped paying the one I was paying. If anyone was paying one of them, I hope that they stopped because it was just crappy behavior for both for someone that has zero public speaking experience and someone that has never done to- my husband teaches tonality training. Like, I don't need you to tell me that my tonality is crap because my tonality is awesome. Um, <laughs> and like when I recorded it, like that's one thing I've worked really hard on. Right. Because right. I, I tend and I've worked really hard on my speed. If you listen to the beginning episodes of my show, I talk like this and I sound like a chipmunk. <laughs> um <laughs> they you know the the different people are at different levels and there are people that have they've never been to any of that that learned so much from that the one coach because he does teach them about you know the very basics mm-hmm. i didn't realize it until you know a while later i was 10 percent or more ahead of him not because i don't get paid to speak on stages yet i've got two events coming up at the end of this year and so one is in Yay. And then another one in December. So, my goal is by Q2 of next year to be paid to speak on stages. Um, but I had, had more training this particular person. But anyway, these two guys went back and forth berating each other. And who wants to pay someone, like you said, who, what's going on in their mind that they feel the need to berate somebody? And we're talking two different price ranges, too. One of them is like $50 a month, and the other is like five grand a month. So, it's like you're not even, you're no. not, you don't even have the same ideal client. But that no. happens every single day in, in the personal development world. So I really don't know how I got us on that tangent, but
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, that's um yeah. I, I don't understand that either. And it's just at the end of the day, what benefit is there to that? None. And at the end of the day, does that help serve someone in a positive way? No. Mm-hmm. So
0: and, and that's the thing. And we all make mistakes and have to, you know, learn from them, but of course. Yeah. Well, before we we're we're running close to time so before we get I guess way off track again and we start talking about <laughs> or something, um I have two last questions for you, well technically three. but what is something in your life that you viewed as a negative or a deficit that you eventually realized and I think we after this conversation know the answer to this, but I want to hear you say it uh, that you eventually realize is your superpower and that you can use to make an impact?
1: Oh my gosh, there's a few
0: um I love that you say that because, I don't want anyone ever to think like, Oh, well, you know, I only have one. We all have more than one thing.
1: (laughs) We all have more than one thing. Um, One of the thing, one of the biggest things, and this is one that's come to light for me recently and that I'm really embracing is perfectionism. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely a big one. Um, And just because society kind of alongside, I would liken it to anger that it is a negative thing. it's like, No. Everything has a positive and a negative side to it. And it's the same with perfectionism. So I was labeling myself as a recovering perfectionist trying to work on that. And I realized, no, it doesn't have to be that. But it's how am I using that perfectionism and making sure that I'm not taking external validation of perfectionism and what others view as, well, that's not perfect. You didn't do that perfectly and not listening to that and coming back to me internally, what does perfectionism look like for me, but also not allowing that to turn into the negative self-talk, the doubt, not feeling good enough, which is what I used to do with perfectionism. So now it's learning to realize that that perfectionism has gotten me to where I am Because it has meant I have always excelled in every single job I have ever had. Because my integrity and producing quality work was just always inherently a part of me. And that just means also that I bring that into my business and anything that I create and do and put out. Like I want it to be the best that it can be. So it's just learning that that is a part of me and I don't need to fight it. I don't need to get rid of it. I don't need to downplay the perfectionism. But using it and looking at it positively rather than negatively and not allowing that to be a negative factor, which it so often can be. If hopefully that made sense.
0: It absolutely did. And I'm thinking as you were saying that, I people like me, we need perfectionists around us. I have to have somebody because I am not detail oriented. I am not a perfectionist. I will start 15 things and forget that, like, so I have to surround myself with people. That have that quality because it is not a negative. I mean, for somebody like me, it can kind of get annoying because sometimes people will point out the things you don't. Know. I'm like, there's so much. Just I'm I'll pay you, you fix it. But I think you yeah. complement each other. And the I'm looking back as you were talking and the people that I've surrounded myself with that helped me the most were more the perfectionist personality. And I love you, all my ADHD people that can never complete anything. I love y'all too. I'm not saying I don't because obviously you're my people, but We need someone around us that is going to make sure that things are perfect. My father-in-law across the street, huge perfectionist. I drive him crazy and he drives me crazy. But I (laughs) promise you, I make fun of him because every Sunday, I think it is, is the day he tests the generator. I made so much fun of him until the year before we moved here. We were visiting in Christmas. Nobody else had power. And we were like, we had, I mean, we not only had the refrigerator and everything. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I have like the little like gas generator. and. Every time we have a bad snowstorm, we don't have power because our generator, we're not perfectionists. We haven't made sure that it works. And I know that's kind of a an extension of that, but we need those people in our lives. So I I love that you brought that up because it can totally be a superpower.
1: Well, and it's interesting because what brought this up is I started reading a book on it and there are actually different types of perfectionists and how that shows up in plays and how that plays out and like the decisions they make and what they do. So just learning more about that is really interesting too. Um, I would say another big one as I used to think was a negative was I moved around constantly when I was growing up. So I constantly had to acclimate to new surroundings, new places. I mean, I went to three high schools in four years, not because I was held back, (laughs) but because we moved to three different places during those four years. Now. I see how much that has made me resilient to change, quickly adaptable to change, Um, just being able to pivot, being able to figure things out. Um, And so that definitely I see more now, later in life, as a big way of strengthening me and where I am and adding value to who I am versus where when I was younger it was a huge negative because of all that went around it like i never felt like i fit in and i was constantly trying to adapt and you know i i didn't get to make long lasting connections and friendships and so that now it's like okay i've picked up and moved twice on my own and you know leaving behind the community that i knew somewhere i'd lived in for two decades and just you know being able to pivot being able to problem solve being able to be resilient to that change and adaptable to that change. So that would definitely be another huge one. I have a
0: teenager that I'm excited for this to air because I'm gonna have her listen to it because one of her things is she sees that as a negative that she's moved so many times. Um, and not even to different cities or anything, same school, same city, but different houses. And I still think I still think that can be a good thing, right? Like, but in her head, it's like the worst, it's the worst thing in the world. I mean, I do know.
1: When we're I'm, not ta- I'm not talking houses. I'm talking yeah, like cities and states and a country when I was in high school.
0: Yeah. Well, when, when we're 14, it can feel like that though. Right. Anyway, even
1: hundred percent.
0: And so I think it's important for them, for people to hear that. So, well, we are running quote. Well, we're like right on time. So um, where's the best place for people to find you? And I, I'm totally going to air this video <laughs> in this in video because I, y'all, this is the most Lori thing I've ever done. I tried to use a different silly putty to get this one off my hands, so now I have red and blue all over my hands. Oh my gosh, that's uh, funny. Anyway, so my silliness entertains
1: people. That's a superpower. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent.
0: But anyway, where's the best place for people to
1: find you? So my handle is at Jennifer L Maudi. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is currently being redone, but it does—it's the same thing, JenniferLMaudi.com. And that does currently feed over to a blog that I have hosted over on Substack.
0: Awesome. And we'll drop... I know you gave me all your links. We'll drop those in the description part. But is there anything that you you want to leave everybody with? Something that we either didn't get to or didn't dive
1: deep enough into? I think we covered a lot. I just want to leave people like, remind yourself of how powerful you truly are as an individual person. And... It's so easy to forget that. We lose track of that because of what we're inundated with from the external world and our own self-doubt and our outdated narratives. And go back because our brains are wired to focus on the negative. Go back and do a review of your accomplishments, of all the amazing things you've done, of the obstacles you've overcome, of the hurdles you've jumped over, the things you didn't think you'd survive. But you're still here. That means you truly are powerful. And it's just learning to remind yourself of that and tapping into that so that you can create that life that you really want.
0: I absolutely love that. And I think that is a an awesome mic drop to end on. <laughs> There's been several mic drops in here. I'm like, man, I gotta get better at making reels or finding the place to put reels in. Um <laughs> but anyway, I appreciate you. I know you're busy. I appreciate you taking the time and dropping um well, an hour's worth of nonstop value. Um, I know that you know, you guys got a bunch of value out of this. Make sure that you look her up, go follow, like, share. Um, maybe her services are not for you, but I bet, you know, of somebody in your life who makes those, but I'm like, literally, is it rude for me to refer people to you? I don't think so. I think I'll just have to find a nice way. Hey, this is my new friend. (laughs) So, uh the ironic thing is one of those people literally Facebook messaged me while we were talking. Not about that, but I'm like, oh, their ears are burning. That's funny. Anyways, well, I appreciate you coming on. Guys, I appreciate you. Um every you know, tuning in, listening every week. And we will see you next week.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Lori. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to Lori Jewett Unscripted. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss an episode. As always, please share this with someone that needs to hear it. We'll be back next week with another interesting superhero.